It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by TeePublic.com for the t-shirt lovers and the t-shirt designers who like to have fun, laugh, look good, feel comfortable, get good jobs, get sweaty dancing, and go home with someone who also does those things. And we love TeePublic.com so much that we created our own store with all of our fun t-shirts and everything on TeePublic, including the BGN Radio store right now is on sale. $14 for all of the t-shirts that we have on there. Just go to bgnradio.com, click on the store, and everything is there for you. Also, 15 to 25% off right now of all the accessories, mugs, stickers, phone cases, onesies, and a lot more. Just head to tpublic.com or, again, to bgnradio.com and click on the store. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Anyone that wants to doubt me, I'm just, it just fuels a fire, you know, and um, I'm just ready to prove anybody wrong and um, prove people right to people that believed in me. So I'm ready, ready to go. Oh, what's going on? Bleeding Green Nation. Hey, 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 it is episode number 251 of the BGN Radio Podcast. And whether you are listening live right now on Facebook or on the replay on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, tune in wherever you are listening. You can uh, deliver some hearts. You can deliver some five-star reviews because they all go a very, very long way. Thanks to our sponsors, Clip It and uh, T Public this week, who have been uh, phenomenal, and uh, we'll get to them a little later on in the show. But hey, it's uh, it's it's round two, and gentlemen, there's more football to be had. We've made it again. There's more football to watch and things to talk about, and of course, the uh, the Eagles have been very busy and very aggressive throughout uh, the process of of this whole offseason. We'll get into Darby. Uh, Unfortunately, we won't see Jordan Matthews play his former team because I thought that would be a little weird to go into a preseason game and and play against your former team. But uh, a lot to get into, fellas. It's Brandon Lee Gouton, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. BLG, what's happened this afternoon, pal? How are you? Is he gone? Is BLG dead? Oh, no. We lost BLG. Oh, no, we, we were having trouble here. <laughs> no, I'm here. Oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> hey, this is. This is what happens when you uh, go live. That's Things, right. Uh, crazy. I couldn't hear you there for a little bit, John. And then I, I'm just realizing that I accidentally muted myself. Oh, that's I wanted sweet. To type to okay. James in the, there we go. In the chat. 
I was like, James, uh, can you hear Don? Because I can't hear him. I was wondering. If it was fine. So things are going well. The fun part of watching BG and Red Field live. That's right. And uh, so uh, yeah, uh, BLG is here, and of course, uh, playing the part of BLG. But actually, it's James Seltzer. James, what's happening, buddy? How are you? Yeah, now I can hear you. I, I can hear you now. This is uh this is fun. It's, fun. it's like I hear words uh, popping in and out, and I'm trying to, you know, surmise if you're talking to me or not. Um, but it's good. It's good. Yeah. We're gonna make it work. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I, uh, I, you know, let's start with uh, Ryan Matthews first, and that's not that is not a surprise at all that Ryan Matthews gets the heave ho. That's been uh, projected since January. I think since the the diagnosis came out that he may or may not ever play. A football snap here, BLG. That's not, uh, you know, surprising in the least. What I am curious about is what you think is going to happen with Ryan Matthews' money that they have now saved. So basically, they've the Eagles have recouped um, everything and and from their cap uh, number this uh, this past off season where it didn't look like they had a ton. I think they started out with twelve and a half. They, I think, are going to end the offseason with 12 and a half. Do you expect anybody uh, to have and come in, uh, you know, still in the offseason? They're going to sign anybody, or do you think that they're just going to take that and and have that cap carry over into next season? All right, you guys ready for a big, bold prediction? Here, here? we go. Something, something yes! really interesting that's going to happen with this? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Nothing, huh? The Eagles, the Eagles are going to do because look, if if they wanted to have done something. The four million doesn't really do too much for them that they couldn't all done already. I think they have twelve million in cap space now. They had eight, so if they really wanted to make some kind of move, they probably could have already done it. Mm-hmm. I think you look at this team, and we've been talking about it all off season long. This off season, looking ahead to next year's off season already, and especially recently with the Jordan Matthews trade, they have eighteen or more or so. It's it's around that number. Free agents next offseason, notable ones being Alshon Jeffrey, uh, whom I, Tim Jernigan, Nigel Bradham's going to be a free agent. That's, Trey yeah. Burton is also going to be a free agent, and that's a guy Carson Wentz likes a, a lot. Not as big of a name as those other guys, but players like Jordan Hicks are need, going to need to get contract extensions. There's going to be a need for that money next offseason, and by taking that $12 million and rolling it over for the next offseason, I think that's what the Eagles are going to do. I still think that there might be a small chance, and we've been talking about this a lot, James, I still think there's a chance that uh, uh, they might sign Kyle Fuller if he gets cut. Like, at that point, right, if it if it's going to be for a, a cheap-ish deal to kind of bring him in here, I think that's still the only move that I could see them making. Yeah, John, I think that's a, a great point. I, on the whole, agree with BLG. I think ultimately not likely to make a move here. The money carries over. You know, why not hang on to it? Your kind of team is set right now, especially after you bring Darby in. Uh, but I, I think Fuller is a really interesting name in the sense that he could get cut. Like, while you're here and out of Chicago, as surprising as it would be, he could get cut. I, I still think ultimately um, they might hang on to him and just ride it out and see if maybe they can move him before the deadline. But theoretically, if Fuller gets cut, that's a guy who obviously Joe Douglas knows from being in Chicago. And, um, you know, there's been so much smoke around that that you kind of feel like the Eagles do have at least some interest there. And even getting dark, I think the cornerback position clearly far from set, especially in the near term, maybe, uh, you know, in better shape long term uh, than before. But yeah, um, absolutely. I, yeah, I think most likely, very likely they don't use it. But and James, we're just having a having a little trouble there, uh, by the way, <laughs> just so you're a little, little, little crackling in there. But uh, I yeah, as far as like depth is concerned, I still don't think that the Eagles are kind of 
solidified in that point. Jesse Mendoza actually in the chat room making a great point there too where maybe you could see an added linebacker at some point depending on what kind of filters out from cut down day. Although I, I do think they feel pretty confident um, in their linebacker depth. I know it's a guy that actually doesn't get discussed a lot. Um, and not that he's overall like a great outstanding player, but he is a friend of the radio show, I might add. Uh, Najee Good is is such a solid backup, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, he's not the best cover guy in the world, but he covers enough, and he's a, he's a downhill you know uh, type of player, which I really like. And, um, and regardless, whether or not – and BLG, I think we've had this discussion a lot of the times. Why is it that so many people put such an emphasis on the depth of a team? Like, I don't think there's any NFL team – at all that has willing starters waiting in the wings very rarely, maybe in one spot, maybe in two spots. But most of the time, uh, you're just going to grow and roll with your starters and, and pray for the best. Obviously, you want guys that know the system, but overall, the the depth is not going to make or break or have you know a couple of more wins uh, overall. Do you agree with that? John, I'm so glad you brought this up for the very first time that we have talked about that this week and definitely haven't talked about it before. Um, I do think it is so overrated that people, when people talk about depth issues, do they exist? Absolutely. Yeah. Are they the big issue that everyone makes them out to be? I don't think so. I think you look at any roster in the NFL, there's no perfect roster. And if there is, tell me what it is, because I'm very curious to see. The New and England if you Patriots. Be- <laughs> if you- oh, yeah. Wait, wait, who was that? I said the New England Patriots. There you go. Done. Well, yeah, but, no, all right. So, all right. So, if, if that's how you feel, go to Pat's pulpit, the, the New England Patriots yeah. SB Nation blog, and ask them if they have a roster weakness, because I'm pretty confident that they will give you one, at least one position of concern on that team where, like, you know, maybe even seems better to us on the outside, but they're actually like, you know, well, it's it's actually not so great. It's kind of a concern there. My point is, for the most part, even if there is one team that has a perfect roster, pretty much none of the other ones do. And I think def- depth gets a little overrated. I think, uh, you know, to have it at the most important areas is obviously what's key. You know, like, all right, you know, uh, the Eagles have or supposedly have great offensive line depth. I think they do have good offensive line depth. Yeah. I think that's cr- critical. I think the quarterback depth in terms of Nick Foles probably being at least a little, you know, this is coming from me, the biggest Nick Foles critic, but to have someone like (laughs) him (laughs) as opposed to just like, imagine if Dean Evans was your backup quarterback or, or Christian Hackenberg, imagine if Christian Hackenberg was your starting quarterback. That's a road I don't want to go down, but yeah, I do think the depth (laughs) thing gets overrated and I'm glad you brought that up, John. Yeah. And, uh, and as much as we'll, and, and, and listen, we're still going to fight about it. I mean, hell, we fight it, We fought about Casey Matthews a couple of years ago making the roster and, like, people making a big deal out of it, people not making a big deal out of it. So, uh, it, yeah, but o- overall, starters are, are what's important. And, listen, if Jordan Hicks goes down, there's going to be some serious problems on this football team. And I don't think that there's anybody out there that you could essentially grab and be like, oh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a little better here. Uh, but, guys, Ronald Darby is an eagle, and I still can't really believe that after – Five days now, uh, there are still a ton of people, including Andrew Porter, who's out in that hallway uh, right over there. And we were actually arguing about it for at least an hour after uh, after the midday show today. But uh, I, it's it's amazing to me um, that, uh, and again, I said it in the uh, in the beginning there that there is a there's there's a guy that's going to be on the squad that's going to face his former team a week after he's been traded and was on that team. And it's very rare, rarely, rarely, rarely uh, do you kind of 
uh, see that there. And I'm I'm really excited just to see what Ronald Darby can do in Jim Schwartz's system. Now we're down there at practice, and in there are different. You know, there <laughs> there are a lot of different takes on how good Darby's going to be and whether uh, you know his his full range of of stuff is going to be there in the in the first preseason game there. And, but I just got to tell you, uh, and BLG can probably attest to this as well, and I'm sure James can too. He is without a doubt the best corner that jumps through there. Like, and is clearly just like Alshon was the best wide receiver coming into OTAs, and it was just so noticeable. Uh, that's the same effect that's happening here. I don't know where he's going to end up on a range of like, sure, all NFL corners, but he is he is exciting. And the best part about it is earlier this week, Jimmy Kemsky asked him and made sure to get you guys in the in the mix here because we were all thinking it. Thirty five is is one of the worst corner numbers in the world. And here's here was his response to that this week. A lot of the fans are concerned that you got a bad number. Oh, yeah, this number horrible, hopefully. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to get out of it as fast as possible. I'm trying to, you know, work some things out behind the scenes. But, what you, you know, I you, came so late. What, uh, what range of numbers do you usually like? Something in the 20s, you know. I'm trying to go for that 2-8. So I've been in his ear a little bit. Oh. <laughs> so uh, he's trying to go uh, and get the Smallwoods number, James, and I think that's great. I think if he ended up with 28, that's fine. But uh, I'm pretty sure 21 is going to be <laughs> – be available and I'm fine with Ronald Darby in 21 aren't you James oh my god I think 21 is a terrific corner yeah. number obviously you know you get the uh images of Dion which we don't love too much but I think and as a McKelvin. cornerback number yeah well, <laughs> sh- sh- stop never forget Leotis yeah 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 I've already heard enough well, I don't want another corner from Buffalo <laughs> stuff this week as it is but I think you bring up some great uh, points obviously the number thing yeah get out of 35 that I mean John we've talked about this around uh, uh WIP studios yeah. it's just it is it is ridiculous it is a terrible number it has to be changed uh, I think 21 even I know he wants 20 I think 21's a better corner corner number personally as do 28 I. I think does work for a running back better yeah so so I'm with that um as for just the the Darby thing in general I think um you guys were just kind of talking about uh how good he looks in practice and stuff and, yeah. and we had Greg Cosell on the midday show this week and just to kind of uh you know kill one of the other um misconceptions that I think I've heard a lot this week is the whole you know well he's a, a man corner coming into his own scheme Jim Schwartz actually played like 50 percent man 50 yeah. percent zone last season um, and, and Greg Cosell, who I think we would all agree probably knows schemes and film better than anyone alive, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. So, uh, maybe he, watches a little bit of film, that, let's just say. Yeah. Just a touch, just some, you know, spend some time there. Uh, so he said that he thinks that, that Schwartz is going to even move towards more man um, after making this move. Um, so I, I think, like, they're going to put Ronald Darby in a situation to succeed. And, you know, I mean, I, I just think it's so silly because you're like oh Namdi again you know yeah, oh, that, yeah. he's a zone corner you know you can all this stuff it's just like come on man like this guy's a really talented football player he's a talented athlete he's really talented at sticking with receivers which ultimately is the most important thing a corner can do um i i think you know again i understand the the trepidation about the third round pick and i even understand you know not wanting to say goodbye to matthews even though i think the three of us are are okay doing it um but i, I mean to to just disregard Darby as as a, a gigantic upgrade over what they had yeah. is is being ignorant. Yeah, and 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 BLG, you're you're down there all the time too. Uh, what do you see that makes 
Darby just well one are you excited to actually see him go against some wide receivers that aren't the Eagles and granted looking over the uh, the Bills roster here it's not like you know sure maybe he gets matched up with Anquan Bolden somehow I I don't see that happening Jordan Matthews not going to go rookie Zay Jones who I was high on I mean maybe uh, maybe he gets a test against our old friend Philly Brown who came over from Carolina he got signed there uh, the Bills wide receiving core is weird but still still really exciting to kind of see where this guy's at right now. Definitely excited to see Ronald Darby in game action this week. It sounds like he will go. Doug Peterson said he's leaning that way. Didn't 100% guarantee it, but I would imagine we would get to see him. And I think from what I've seen from him in practice so far, and I and let me tell you, I checked his practice PFF grades, and they're actually higher than Nolan Carroll's practice <laughs> PFF grades. So that's uh, an interesting note for you followers out there. Yeah, there you but, go. Um, Mark that down, ESP. Um, <laughs> for real though, Darby has looked really good to me in practice. I don't think I've seen him get beat in a in the sense of like he. Oh man, like that wasn't good. Like he has been pretty good in practice, yeah. and that's really impressive to me because he just got here and he only started practicing on Sunday. He didn't even practice on Saturday because Jordan Matthews had to pass a physical in Buffalo. So for Darby just to come in right away and already not get beat at all really and he's breaking up passes and he had an interception and more than just Ronald Darby's play alone the whole secondary looks better all of a sudden like the whole defense even looks better they've stepped up I think Jalen Mills is suddenly playing a lot better he had a couple pass breakups in the last couple practices I think bringing in Darby doesn't it's not just like you're improving that one position Although you are doing that, you're also improving the whole defense. So to get to see him in game action, I'm pretty excited for it. Yeah, and uh, it, it's just it's not just that you can just tell that he has is so comfortable in what he's doing. I know that there's been a, a a couple of people that have said this week that you know he doesn't he didn't have enough confidence, I guess, last year, and that was kind of part of his downfall. There, I I honestly just think that they threw a ton at him. The defense sucked. And that's the result, you know, and that happens with corners all of the time, all of the time. Uh, so I I think if they do, just like you guys were saying, if they do simplify it and just be like, just go cover this dude, because it's basically what happened in practice. And this first opportunity is to go up against Alshon Jeffrey, one-on-one, like step for step the whole way, no problem. Now, the, the issue and the advantage of, sure, he's a little shorter and his hands aren't as big. And during that play, Alshon just basically gave him a little and, and he still went in and caught the ball because his BLG states all the time, uh, Alshon Jeffrey is always open even if he's covered. And in that case, that's just like, well, you got to tip your hat. But like he can keep up with anybody, and that's especially what this Eagles uh, secondary needs so badly. Like I, I might, may end up being wrong about Jalen Mills, and maybe this combination kind of works where you have one guy that can keep a lot of the stuff in front of him and compete that way and then allow Darby to be the guy to to mask and to even shadow. And I think even Jim Schwartz had mentioned that at some point in his press conference this week. I think it was Jeff Mosier who pointed out, like, hey, or, or would you ever feel comfortable at one point just having your main guy follow around the best wide receiver on the opposite team? And he's done that before in the past. I think that's a situation where you can, and it allows you to do so much Great stuff, James, with the safeties, man. Like, these guys are awesome together. Whoever you want to listen to, whether it's us as Eagles fans, nationally, PFF, whatever. This is one of the best safety tandems in the league. And it's, and it's, I I don't have any issue saying that. Wherever you want to rake them, fine, but they definitely are. And this allows them to actually use them and to get a little more creative 
And I and I hope that's we see a little bit of that uh, uh, tomorrow night when uh, when they go up against the Bills here. Yeah, John, that's a terrific point, and, and obviously we'll, we'll hopefully see it a lot more once the season starts. You know, you don't know how much we'll see, especially Game Three, maybe in the preseason a little more. But it, we've talked a ton about how much the defensive line and that defensive front can theoretically make up for the, you know, um, the the issues on the back end prior to the Derby trade. Um, but we haven't talked a lot about that safety tandem, and we keep talking about how awful the cornerbacks were slash are whatever. Um, and, and haven't really talked as much about how great that safety tandem is. I agree with you. I would say probably top five safety tandems in the league off the top of my head. Um, and also both guys who've been around for a while, Jenkins, obviously a leader. Um, but, but John, when you have a guy who can like, you could just stick on a, an Island, you know, as, yeah. as we like to say in the BGN text thread, Darby <laughs> Island, uh, if you can, if you could stick Darby on an Island and let those safeties play a little bit, I mean, especially if Jenkins doesn't have to always worry about going to the slot and he can focus really on playing the safety position. And, and again, he's, he's fine in the slot as well, but um, just having someone you could stick on an Island allows you to do so much other stuff in coverages and blitzing and all that type of stuff, John. I, I think that is a, a really uh, a terrific point that really hasn't been talked about enough. Yeah. And, uh, and it just kind of changes the looks of you can, and BLG, I think Barrett and Tarana even pointed out on the BGN radio daily, which but thank you guys for all that support as uh, we're going to keep doing those, uh, throughout the week, and BLG does his on Monday. He's pointed this out too. It's just you can do so many different things. From I, you know, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, when Ron Brooks got injured, I think that pretty much eliminated any kind of two shell coverage that they had up top with the safeties. But this allows you to do a lot of different, a lot of different looks. And you know, I've even we've had discussions. I'm like, man, you know, what what are they going to do with all these all these different safeties that you bring in? And, you know, they signed Graham. They that he he's come in here. Terrence Brooks has looked so so good throughout. Uh, you know, going, and I think the interception last year in a meaningless football game against the Giants ignited something. And they have they have a lot of I I I can't believe I'm saying this. They have a lot of depth at safety and guys that can make plays. And you could probably see a lot of three safety looks that don't you know look like a traditional cover three or or anything like that. That you know what what's going to happen. With, with those safety positions between Graham and, and, and Brooks and all those guys? It's really a good question, John, and it's funny to think because I was, I was actually standing there in the sidelines of practice on Tuesday and thinking to myself, I feel like we just take for granted that the Eagles have like good safeties now. That was such a huge deal that they didn't have any since yeah. Dawkins left like for the longest time. And, and not only could they get like not even serviceable, like they couldn't get serviceable guys. They just It was terrible. It was bad. All of a sudden, they have not only Malcolm Jenkins, Rodney McLeod, but Corey Graham's going to play in this defense, too. I think he's looked pretty good in practice. He can cover. He can come up and hit. Uh, he's going to get some playing time. He can play. I don't think they will play him on the outside, but yeah. he could play there in a pinch. They can move him in the slot. They can move someone else down to the slot. He can play at safety. They can move him all over. Um, Trey Sullivan, who we didn't even mention, is freaking like killing people out <laughs> yes. there with these huge hits which hopefully he doesn't actually literally kill someone because I'm kind of afraid he might. The way uh, he hit Malachi Dupree yeah, would be bad. last week, that was pretty bad. But, uh, man, he, he's a big hitter too. I thought Brooks has looked good all summer. Watkins I wouldn't keep, obviously. I don't think any of us would, and I, I think it would be a bummer if he did. No, he got it's, cut as soon as makes, Graham got signed. I mean, that was it. I, <laughs> Just I, not official I yet. totally think that way, yeah. but then it always comes back to how he's gator bias. So Oof. I don't know. That's not necessarily a real thing, but yeah. I, I do think the safety depth is definitely 
a lot of good. And I was thinking about it today too. It's funny, like how the Eagles had all these cor- they they didn't have any good cornerbacks, right? But they had all these safeties who could also happen to play corner. Now you have at least one good corner in Darby, and I think that takes pressure off of Mills. So I think that kind of helps him out. And now you have, as you said, John, these these safeties that can play behind those guys instead of putting. Malcolm Jenkins down into the slot, and I, maybe Patrick Robinson does make this team. I, I'm not saying that's a lock at all, but the the fact that he can play the slot better than the outside gives him at least a better chance. Like all of a sudden, you look at him, and he's not being as much of a liability right. in practice anymore. So just get, but that's what it all comes down to. Just by getting Darby, it just makes the whole secondary so much better. Yeah, it really does, and it just kind of and again, it opens up to a lot of different things, and and not that like Patrick Robinson would suddenly become like the best slot corner in there but it gives you some at least it gives you a little bit of insurance if ron brooks doesn't make it out you know or if if whatever and and having those guys are aaron grimes like it now you have choices of what you can kind of throw in there whether some guys are on a practice squad and waiting or just not active at all or or you know it's it it's amazing how just one guy can change the outlook of your entire secondary but darby's able to do that and it's I think it's I think it's fantastic to get excited like we all are, but just know that he is going to make those mistakes. Like that's the type of guy that he is. He's very aggressive. I think most of the time that he he thinks his speed will make up a lot of the time for his technique and and a lot of that. And sometimes you'll see that, but that doesn't mean uh, that like you know he's he, he's not talented. He certainly he certainly certainly is. Like he is without a doubt a number one corner in this league somewhere, and I think he fits. Uh, Schwartz's scheme so perfectly. And James, speaking of the, you know, the the game itself, uh, we've had a lot of discussions on a bunch of different players, and I got to bring up this first one as far as who's got the most to gain, who's got the most to lose going into uh, this game here. And I got to tell you, and this is this is just maybe an open letter to Nelson Aguilar from from me. Look, this is this is like Joe Boo in Major League. All right, I come to you, I fight for you, I defend you when people don't defend you. But when I tweet out and when Brandon tweets out and when the rest of the media is tweeting out that you're tearing it up in practice and it looks like a different you, I need to fucking see you in a game so I don't look like an idiot. You know, I, I, like don't drop a pass in the red zone on a perfect rub route slant pattern that's supposed to go to you. Sure, it's a little high and I get it and it's just one play, but please just give me some some solidification here, Nelson. I'm, I'm begging you. I'm rooting for you. That's how I feel about this game, James. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm with you. Um, I uh, Nelson still is who I thought he was until he shows me differently um, uh, personally. Uh, but I think you're right. I think he's got a lot to prove in this game. I think, you know, and, and I don't know, I'm guessing uh, Bryce Treggs probably won't play, uh, hasn't been practicing. But uh-huh. uh, I think, you know, Bryce Treggs, a guy that if he does get out there, I think also has a lot to prove. I think. Um, you know, we had just kind of uh, uh, assumed we had the five receivers set mm-hmm. and then that one spot to fill now with the trade of Matthews, you figure if they still keep six receivers, which is likely, um, you know, you got two open spots there at the back. So uh, Marcus Johnson, you want to see him actually get into some game action and and potentially do something, obviously a great friend of the show. Um, <laughs> and then Greg Ward, I think it's going to be really interesting. Aguilar has a lot to prove in the sense that, you know, he's, he's a guy now, you know, he's going to be playing meaningful snaps this season. We need to see him show up and show that the bright lights don't, you know, terrify him. Uh, even the bright lights of the freaking preseason. Um, but we also, um, I think it's really going to be interesting. And, and I think tonight we'll see a lot more of it um, of that back end of that wide receiver duel because uh, you know it's really going to be interesting to see how it shakes out now. 
Yeah, BLG, you feeling the same way with uh, – I mean, like – and not as much for you because you you've basically put him out to pasture a few times and then maybe maybe slid back just a little bit like wait 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 don't pull the trigger yet let's just see this for a quick second uh, but what are you looking for in Nelson Aguilar this week? Yeah, it's it's pretty much you know let's see it in the game let's let's see there was a mo- there's a couple moments in practice on Monday where you could just see why he's so much more dynamic than Jordan Matthews in the slot. It was one on one drills. And obviously, those kind of drills are certainly favored towards the wide receiver. Uh, there's no pass rush, you know. There's it's it's favored towards Aguilar's side, but for him still, just to be so quick, and he he ran the same route on the first two plays. He went up against Jenkins, and Jenkins just couldn't do anything to cover him, and and he beat him, and he made the catch. And contrast that. I'm not I'm not trying to hate on J Matt here. That's not my point. Yeah. But like contrast that to what we saw from Jordan Matthews. And I was watching that drill when J Matt was still here, and I was standing next to John. And I was like, he just doesn't get separation. This was he during one on one in the red zone. He couldn't beat Malcolm Jenkins off the line, you know. And, and that's not a discredit not to Jenkins that, either. But Jesus, yeah. And not only that, but like you know, Alshon might not be able to get that perfect separation either. Mm-hmm. But you know, he can go up and get the ball. Like Jordan Matthews isn't really going to be that guy either. So. Not that Alshon, I think Alshon, I mean, I'm sorry, Aguilar, you know, is is pretty, He's you know, he can leap. He's not Alshon. But anyway, in at least the, the route running and all of that, we've seen it in practice. We need to see into it in a game. This is the opportunity to do that. I think Nelson kind of got a little bit of a raw deal last week. And they only played, you know, so many, so few snaps that, and his snaps weren't, he didn't make the most of them. So uh, this is the chance now to do that. There's a lot of players here. Uh, things to lose and gain in the second preseason game. Yeah, for sure. And and, and it, James, it might not be like in a. I mean, it, it, gain or lose for this guy in the preseason really doesn't matter. Uh, but we talked a little bit about it on the pregame show, or excuse me, on the midday show today. And uh, I, I gotta say, Alshon Jeffrey has a lot to gain with a lot of people's playoff hopes because it sounds like he's going. I would have to assume that he's going to be out there for the 12 snaps or whatever it is that the first team offense ends up running here. And uh, I I do believe that it is long overdue for people to finally see and believe the connection that Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey will have. And I think they need to open this thing up, uh, the first offensive possession that they get, and just go for it on the very first play just to get everybody excited. I, I am really, really excited to see Alshon Jeffrey finally play in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I don't think they're going to open it up. Sure. I, I would love them to. I think it's far more likely they bring Alshon in for like a play and run like a two-yard out or something <laughs> yeah, and yeah, say, yeah. all right, you're good. Take a seat. Um, but I, I would love to see it. Either way, I think just seeing that dude walk out and, you know, the number 17, redefining the number 17 from recent years. Uh, no offense, Nelson. Uh, and, you know, stepping out and how big he is and physical looking. And then um, just uh, like you said, John, if we do get a chance to really see the first team offense run full bore, as it were, and, and Jeffrey's out there and we get to see a couple of those plays where, you know, people can see how physical he is and how yes. strong he is, his hand strength, all that type of stuff where he can just really like body dudes out of his way and just be like, that's my ball. I'm getting it. Um, I think that's the kind of thing, like you said, John, that if we do see it, man, I, I mean, I don't 
let's put it this way. I don't think there is anything else we could see tonight other than maybe like him, you know, uh, Wentz g- hitting Alshon for a 70-yard bomb or something. Like, right. I don't think there's anything else we can see just other than generally Wentz to Alshon a few times that can get this fan base more excited. Yeah, absolutely. And and one guy that definitely probably won't get things as uh, as excited as, uh, as Nick Foles and uh, Nick's just asking if he's he's going to play. BLG, is there any, any clarification on if Foles is going to get snaps or not? Uh, Foles said he will not play. Okay, so enjoy Matt McGloin uh, passing 44 times again and probably uh, a big uh, snooze fest once the starters actually come out through there. Uh, I want to stick with the wide receivers here, BLG, and please chime in if you have any Jeffrey takes as well. But uh, I, I would think that the most that has to gain besides – Nelson Aguilar, and I, and it's just because people ha- also haven't seen this guy play. Is Marcus Johnson, who's had a really impressive camp and has taken all of Alshon Jeffrey's snaps when he's been, you know, a down, taking a rest, injured, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and I, I think that as a wide receiver, five or four is is a great role for him. And I, I'm actually uh, really, really excited to see what he can do uh, with the ones, and, and may, maybe, maybe he gets a snap in there with Carson. Uh, but regardless. Um, I, I think if you have him and Mac Hollins out on the field with the twos, that's going to be that's going to be a little interesting uh, matchup for not only the Bills and and really just for the offense to make uh, make some new wrinkles in there. Yeah, with Marcus Johnson, uh, I think a lot of people would assume he is the five. I guess that's how I would even pencil him in. But the reality is that when Alshon has been out in these practices, it hasn't been Mac Hollins always on the outside. I mean, it was Mac when. It was this week, uh-huh. and Marcus Johnson also was, or last week when, when Marcus Johnson also wasn't practicing. So that's when he was in. But Marcus Johnson, at least in that sense, has been ahead of Matt Collins on the depth chart. I think they'll rotate in their playing time. I don't think one will, will totally play and the other won't, especially if Matt Collins continues to look like the Hall of Famer. He rightfully is, of course, in the preseason. <laughs> but um, I do think. The thing with Marcus Johnson is he hasn't played in an NFL game at all yet. Like We have to remember that because he was with the team in the preseason last year, but he got hurt and he missed a lot of time. I don't think he ever played in the preseason game. And then obviously this year he missed last week. He's been dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. So for Marcus Johnson, obviously a huge opportunity for him. I think he's an interesting player in the sense of you might think of him as more of an outside guy, but I think he could line up in the slot and do some mm-hmm. things there too. Uh, in practice, I've, that's where I've seen him excel is kind of all levels of the field. I've seen him beat guys deep. I've seen him work underneath and make some really good catches. I've seen him working in the intermediate game. So he's been pretty versatile there. Not you know a superstar player. I'm not trying to, to sell you as he's the next Alshon or something here, but he's, he's, he looked pretty good. <laughs> and, and you know who's in the same boat as him, and I'm sure we'll get yeah. to this, is kind of Wendell Smallwood, too. A different position, obviously, but Wendell Smallwood obviously played last year, so he has that NFL experience, unlike Marcus Johnson. But like Marcus Johnson, he's kind of been missing some time here, especially recently, and that kind of hurts because I think both of those guys are pretty much locks to make the roster anyway, but their roles are still yet to be yeah. determined. And it would be it would make everyone feel better, including the Eagles probably, if they could put some tape here in the preseason, get on the field, and show what they can do. Yeah, and, and let's stick with the running game here, James, because it matches up perfectly, and BLG kind of made the segue, and also our good friend David Macko in the chat room here on Facebook Live uh, is mentioning the same thing. Are you concerned about, you know, the O-line and the running game? And I got to say, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, and, and, it really, and, and, and honestly, it doesn't really have anything to do – I mean, sure, I, I'm definitely concerned about 
you know, playing, uh, playing, uh, you know, the chance game with Jason Peters and when he's going to go and whatever. But that's it's kind of secondary to me as far as I, you know, we said it all off season, and it, sure, Legarrette Blunt can be effective. All these different guys can be effective, but you basically have four running backs that are productivity guys. So, like in limited limited things, limited time, they can do. Uh, good things, you know, and, and the running back by committee, we've been over that by a, a lot. I'm just not a big fan of it. Uh, when you and, – and, and honestly, if Smallwood is going into the season with these kind of hamstring injuries, concerns me a little bit. Uh, and I think, uh, you know, as far as like a gain-loss, Corey Clement, once again, who I, I still think is is a nice player. I don't see him as like an, an overall taking somebody's spot, bell cow type of running back if he ends up being that eventually – awesome and he's on this team even better but I do think Corey has the most to gain out of everybody because LeGarrette Blunt's not going to go Darren Sproles isn't going to go uh, a lot and then you're really only competing against Byron Marshall and uh, and that and that's pretty pretty much it I mean Donnell Pumphrey is probably going to make this team unless he really shows that he can't do any punt return or he continues to have fumble problems but uh, I, I say Corey Clement has the the best gain out of this game period across the board yeah, I think that's a great call. Clement looked, you know, solid in the first outing, um, but uh, and, and has had good practices, like you said. And and I think with the whole Smallwood situation, I think theoretically has a chance to meet this team. Um, I, you know, uh, to address the first question you asked, I am not. Uh, I'm not ready to be too worried about the offensive line. Um, uh, we talked a lot uh, in the post game show last week. Um, about the concept, you know, of the of Green Bay blitzing like crazy, and how the Eagles certainly weren't expecting that. So I'm I'm going to give the O line at least somewhat of a pass, um, kind of just for not being prepared for what they were seeing, and yeah. and as a result having trouble adjusting, um, especially in a preseason game. But um, I do think the running backs are, are a question mark. Obviously, I am I'm still bullish on Blunt for the most part. I think, uh, you know, I know he hasn't been at practice much, and people are kind of bugging out a little bit and starting to worry about him. Um, I, you know, he scored 18 touchdowns last year, and I know that that is not like you know it's a somewhat um, you know it, it's the number itself doesn't matter, but it's more the concept that like this guy is still a. a, a solid NFL running back, at least for what he does. And I think he'll be good at what the Eagles need from him. I think Sproles will be fine. I think the question is you need another guy in there. Uh, and I don't know if Smallwood is that guy or if Clement can be that guy or if any of these guys can be that guy. And I think that's the bigger issue. I'm not as worried about the O-line, but I'm, I am worried about the, the like you said, John, I think it's the running back by committee. There are yeah. pieces of this that I like individually, but when you put it all together, uh, it just it doesn't feel like enough to me. But um, I, I certainly think you're right that if you look just across the team, uh, I think uh, Corey Clement, one of the handful of guys um, with the most to prove uh, uh, it tomorrow night and also uh, who will get an opportunity to do so. BLG from the practices this this past week. Anything stick out to you with Corey Clement? Yeah, some of the things not necessarily in a good way. Uh, he struggled with a drop or two. I still don't think he's the best pass catching running back, which isn't the end of the world. Or blocker, um, by the way. That, I might might want to point. It, out. Well, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah. yeah, that's that's the thing. I think that's really a concern, and and probably why if he doesn't make the team, which I think he won't. Even if you see him lighted up in the preseason in terms of, you know, look, we saw it again with Henry Josie and Raheem Mostert. Like, those guys lit it up in terms of running the ball. But there's more that goes into that, into being a running back, than just running the ball. You know, it, it does come down sometimes to your receiving ability or at least your ability to pass block 
And, you know, for as much as people were concerned with LeGarrette Blunt's performance from the first preseason game, said he looked slow or whatever, go watch, go look, go look at his snaps again and look at the pass blocking he was in. Cause yeah. he was like, he almost, he was playing like the game wasn't on the line. Like the block that, the, some of the blocks he had, uh, I thought he looked pretty awesome in pass protection. And I'm right there with James. When I, and I'm not too worried as a whole about the offensive line. Frank Reich was talking about it after. Uh, Monday's practice, I think it was, where he had basically said, you know, Packers are blitzing all game, and I don't even know if so much they wasn't they weren't prepared as much as they they didn't want to show looks against it. Yeah, you know, they're not going to show their their counter blitz package in the preseason because that doesn't really benefit them. And especially because look, the Packers are an NFC team; they might meet in the playoffs. Like it doesn't benefit them at all to really do that there. So I'm not too worried about that. Sean Cottrell had a good article about that on bgn.com or bleedinggreennation.com uh, earlier, I think it was on Saturday last week. So uh, definitely go check that out if you're still concerned. I do think the running backs are, are, are concerned. The sense I get in talking to some people around the team is that, you know, running back is certainly not a position that's viewed as, like, stacked. Like, they know yeah. it's concerning, too. So there's – and we were just talking about it a little bit before the show. You look at a guy like Wendell Smallwood. That's a guy who, in theory – I think might not make the team. I'm pretty sure he is, but I at least say there's some kind of small chance he wouldn't. At the same time, he could also be the guy who leads the Eagles in rushing this year. Yeah, and in, in the same way, and who knows that might not be that might only end up being like you know 700 yards or something like that. But it, hey, I mean if if Smallwood gets you 700 yards and a running back by committee, that's it. I'd, I'd call that a win. So uh, yeah, I and I don't know. And and again with the offensive line, I'm more concerned about the middle than I am the outside. Like you know I. I I assume Chance Warmack was a, a no doubt lock after they kind of traded away uh, Ellen Barber there, but I don't know, man. <laughs> it's 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 looking it's looking a little rough uh, throughout there. And listen, listen, this is without Brandon Brooks and and whatever, but I'm just I, I'm I'm a little concerned that they still might have made a mistake with Kelsey and holding on to him, and they're eventually going to figure that out five weeks into the season. I hope that's not the case because Jason Kelsey's awesome and he's a great guy and all that, but uh, we'll we'll. We'll just have to wait and see, and obviously, uh, just you know, the season has to get here uh, too to kind of really see that, and especially with guys as you guys were saying with Legarrette Bunt looking slow and whatever. I mean, like these guys, these guys all aren't going a hundred thousand percent. Like it's a real football game, and we always notice that, you know, day in and day out, uh, year after year, I should say. Uh, and as soon as game one goes on, you're like, oh wow, that guy's uh, ending up being a lot faster uh, than I assumed he would be. Uh, there's uh, there's some other things we want to get into, and I'm sure that we will run across them as we get into the questions. And I just got to remind everybody that we are once again this season sponsored by the hottest app that is out there, and that is the Clippet uh, TV and uh, Clippet uh, dot uh, or at Clippet TV. Uh, to go find them on Twitter. It is uh, it is really one of the best apps. I'm showing everybody on Facebook right now. Uh, you just launch into this thing, and it is really live television in the palm of your hand. I'm sorry if the picture's a little fuzzy, but you can just see uh, immediate clips that are that are right there. I can go to my phone. I can go, oh, hey, look, there's what's on ABC, what is on uh, CNBC, CNN, Comedy Central, ESPN, Fox, all that, and it's right there, and you simply just – Click on whatever television show you're watching, and there it is. You can make a high-quality, 30-second HD-quality clip that you can share on Twitter, on Facebook. If you're a blogger out there, it really enhances your posts. Because like we said last season, Vine's dead. So if you're capturing any of these things from a, a local broadcast on 
on Fox or whatever, and you want to you want to you want to capture that and and put it on uh, put it on Twitter. Clip it is the best way to do that. It's in the Apple Store. It's in the Google Play Store. Clipit.tv at Clipit TV. Uh, for all that. Plus, if you go to bgnradio.com and click on the store, we're also sponsored by TeePublic as uh, it gives uh, creators a lot of uh, opportunities to make some awesome t-shirts, which we do have just by clicking on the store at bgnradio.com. So, fellas, you ready for some awesome, awesome questions? Uh, let's start uh, with our good friend and my real emails, John in Portland, who uh, James Seltzer has, has definitely hung out with and drank some beers. Uh, he says, I, I felt like the biggest need was a CB1. Uh, that uh, that can handle elite wide receivers. Am I crazy to think that a combo of Darby and Mills can actually work this year, James? See there? Oh man, see Brandon. Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. here. I'm all back. Right. I'm okay. back. Uh, no, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think, um, like we said after the the Packers game, uh, you know, again, uh, just a couple of series and and preseason, but I thought Mills looked solid. You know, I was yeah. happy with what I saw from him. I think the fact that Mills is moving from covering number ones to covering the number twos is huge. Um, look, I, I think it's still a, a young, um, relatively inexperienced team of corners, especially considering, you know, Darby learning a new scheme, uh, you know, within uh, um, uh, under a month before the season or whatever, a month before the season. Um, so I, I think like it's more likely than not that it won't be. A, uh, a a great tandem, but I think it's certainly like within the range of possibility. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and, and and again, I think we've addressed it kind of already. Even if it doesn't have an immediate impact like this year between those two guys, or you find out that Jalen Mills kind of really isn't, you have Razul Douglas, you have Sidney Jones waiting there. Uh, but I, I do think it, it can work. Just like I said, Mills can be uh, the more competitive type of guy where he's keeping things in front of him, have a little safety help there, and uh, you know, Darby can just kind of freestyle uh, a little bit there. Uh, do you think that Alshon is a good enough blocker to even make the active roster on Chip Kelly's team, BLG. That's from our good friend Nick as well. Well, it's the most important wide receiver skill, so <laughs> very pertinent question here. I, I guess I haven't really noticed a lot about Alshon's blocking, and I know I'm taking this question way too seriously, but it's probably something I can't really pick up a ton in practice, or at least I haven't watched specifically as much. That's one of the things hopefully we'll get to see in the game. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, BLG, we'll stick with you on this one as well. I know we were just talking about the running game, but who do you think emerges out of that? Do you think it's still going to be Smallwood in, in the end here? Uh, I mean, I want to say yes. But from Captain Marvelous, you know, by the way, sorry. He can't stay healthy. Like, that's that's the big issue. I mean, he was hurt last preseason. He was hurt uh, at the end of the year last year. He's hurt. He's missed some time a week or so now with yeah. hamstring injury, although he seems to be back maybe a little bit limited in practice, not 100% full go, at least as, as of now that we know of, for Thursday night. So I think he, he could be the guy. Again, I think he has the potential to step up. And I think Smallwood can be at his best, not a star or anything close, not a top back by any means, but I think he can be an effective starter, a guy you can rely on to, to give you some solid production and you, you mix him in with Blunt. And some of those other guys, Pumphrey. May, I don't. Well, I don't know if Pumphrey's going to be active on game day. If he's going to keep fumbling like this, but yeah, um, yeah, I'm not sure you, either. So you, you, yeah, I mean, you obviously still have Sproles too. So I, I do think the the running back is a concern that we had all along, even before they even you know the, the big concern was before they signed Blunt. But I think you know still bringing him in, it's still something to watch. Uh, would you rather, James? This is from our good friend Mark up in Canada at uh, Good Newfie. Uh, would you rather choose an, a 4-0 preseason or an 0-4 preseason? 
Yeah, own for. Yeah, always, uh, uh, always. It's not even close. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't have to think it. Like, it, a million percent own for. Uh, BLG, do you think it's better that the Eagles traded J. Medford Darby instead of Fuller for Chicago in a different realm? Wait, so what's this question? So, would you? you th- uh, I said different realm, and that was like not exactly J. Met for what? Let's just say they traded for traded for Kyle Fuller and kept J. Met as opposed to trading J. Uh-huh. Met for Darby. What would you? What, what's better? So, like a third for Fuller, then? Uh, I don't know. Just a price, something, something um, else. Probably like a, a seventh. Let's just say, would you rather have done a seventh for Fuller or J. Met in a third for Darby? Uh, Jay Madden the third for Darby for me. I know I, I like Kyle Fuller a lot, but there was some injury concern there obviously last year, and obviously if he's potentially going to get cut, um, that's a concern. And yeah. I, to have a sure thing like Darby brought in here, I like that a lot. I would still love to add Kyle Fuller if you're doing it at a low cost or a reasonable cost, like a sixth or something or a fifth even. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But I, I definitely, I think getting Darby in here was key, as I said earlier. It just improves the whole secondary. Uh, this is from at no underscore Lloyd Ring, not Lloydering, but Lloyd, because that's his name. Is it safe to call Howie Roseman a top GM in the league? Finally, James, I think we can dramatically say hell no, no, and no to this question. <laughs> yeah, no, but we can say that Howie is certainly. Um, doing his best to rehabilitate our former image of him. And I have nothing but positive things to say about how the last year plus has gone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at Willing to Goham, our good friend that's uh, always hanging out. Uh, BLG, Curry or Barnett, who would you start in week one? I uh, Well, let me say first, I don't think it matter who starts a lot because I think there's going to be a heavy rotation. Three. I think both players will play a lot. But, you know, if Derek Barnett's going to keep looking this good, just start the rookie, man. He's he's looking good. I don't think Vinny has this looked especially great. And he obviously didn't look good last year either when he was playing. So if Derek Barnett's going to be playing this well, and we want to see him go up against starters and do what he's doing, that's his next big test. But if he's going to do that, you have to put him on the field. Yeah, I know. I, I yeah, Absolutely. Uh, James, you feel the same way? Yeah, I agree 100%. Uh, I'm sorry. We're trying to. This uh, apparently Facebook can't handle uh, all of the all of the goodness that's that's uh, happening here. So we're we're trying to we're trying a little uh, a reboot action uh, on that end. But let's uh, let's end on this uh, final question here, gentlemen. Is Darby going to have a Richard Sherman like effect where CB2 will be likely be targeted like 85 percent of the time, and can Mill slash Douglas handle that responsibility, James? I don't think so. I look. I, I, we're all excited about Ronald Darby. You know, he's not you know vintage Darrell Revis or anything. Um, and and I, I don't think that I don't think teams are going to scheme around him to that extent. Do I think that teams might target Jalen Mills more? Sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a reasonable thing to assume. But I, I don't think it's going to be something where it's a drastic type of thing where you know Darby Island actually comes into existence. And he <laughs> yeah. and look, you know what? If it is, that's a good problem to have. If Ronald Darby is shutting down OBJ, is right. shutting down Dez, is shutting down Terrell Pryor to the level where they have to try and target the rest of the defense that much, then then that's that's awesome. Yeah, what a fantastic problem uh, yes. that, that's going to be. Uh, yeah, and, and BLG, I feel the same way. Like, uh, and, and just to kind of leave it at that, like I don't think that he's going to come close to 
to that type of Richard Sherman thing. That's not what the Eagles are really looking for, and I don't think that's what the Eagles fans should be expecting. Like uh, with uh, with with Darby coming in here, don't don't expect like a, a shutdown corner. Just expect Shelton Brown. You know, a, a competent CB. Again, I know we're 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 drinking from uh, from the desert to mirages a lot of the time here, but seven years of somebody that's just going to be there and be solid, and that's all you're really looking for here. Yeah, a little before my time, but maybe like more of a Bobby Taylor, like Lido kind of, or not Lido, sorry, um, Troy Vincent uh, kind of corner, I think is what Darby tops out as, which I think is pretty good. He's he's not an elite player by any means, but I think he's a, an, at least a pretty good starter, at least an average starter. I think most likely a pretty good starter. As far as it comes down to the targets and all yeah. of that, I do think uh, they're not, people aren't going to avoid Darby, and they haven't to this point. Uh, that part of the reason he gets so many pass breakups is he's getting a lot of targets. They're certainly not avoiding him. It'll be a new situation here in Philadelphia compared to Buffalo when they still had Stephon Gilmore and some other guys working through there. But I do think Darby will still get a lot of targets. Yeah, uh, and and so do I. Absolutely. So uh, I think that we'll we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up for episode number two fifty one. I want to thank all of the uh, the Facebook fam for uh, fighting through all of that. And yes, the uh, the reboots. Do work, but James, uh, final thoughts uh, or Corey's or anything uh, going into this. I know we we actually ran out of time because uh, we were going to talk about NFL NFLPA, but maybe maybe you want to chime in on that there, James. Yeah, that's literally what I was going to do. Okay, I know we were going to get to it, but just um, you know, all I want to say is is you know, for the first time, I feel like I've said this in a very long time. Uh, shout out to the NFL. I think uh, you know that that was a strong statement, and I couldn't agree more. It's it's fucking outrageous how often we see victim shaming and, you know, that type of stuff happen. You, yeah. you guys remember, I know, John, you did shows on WIP at the, the time of the Joe Mixon stuff, and so did I. My dog is pissed about it, obviously. <laughs> Millie, Millie, come on. Um, but, you know, it was like all I heard was people calling in and blaming the victim. And, and um, I, you know, I think that that is a real issue in yeah. this in this country, in the society, and obviously in the NFL. Um, so, you know, shout out to the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's actually one of the times where the, the NFL did the right thing, and I'm still – I still don't like them. <laughs> you know? And the NFLPA <laughs> with the response, like, seriously, what the fuck are you guys doing? What are you doing? Like, you're, you're, you're going to bat – and granted, listen, this is not a Cowboys thing. This is definitely not a Cowboys thing. But it just happens to be that Lane Johnson, who you told to freaking eat a whole bunch of supplements and gave him a list of all this shit, and you don't protect him, but you ta- protect Ezekiel Elliott of all the things. you know. And, and mainly, look, they're probably just defending like, hey, man, we're not leaking any information, but fucking somebody is because in 72 hours I've th- seen three stories about, oh, how, oh, yeah, the, the alleged woman is uh, – <laughs> <laughs> she's actually just trying to blackmail all these people. And that shit didn't come out a year before, and it didn't come out um, uh, during uh, the investigation. It came out after he was suspended, so always remember that. BLG, your final thoughts, pal. I wanted to say this for Saturday's show, but we ran out of time. I had yeah. a lot of fun on Saturday, and a lot of that is because we have a lot of great listeners, not only our local listeners, who we obviously love, in Philly, but also the guys who you know follow us. I just got a, a message from one of our Australian listeners today. Uh, I believe his name was Ariel. Uh, just giving us like a, a real big shout out and just telling us how much you know it, it makes it easier for him to follow being so far away. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to everyone who's listening. I think we're all having a lot of a lot more fun just because you guys are having fun with it. It's it's good. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to more preseason football tonight. And I want to thank everyone who tuned in on the Facebook Live yes. broadcast. If you want to go check those out, that's at facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation. And as always, on a final note, five-star iTunes reviews. Yes, it's huge. It's uh, fantastic. And to echo, echo uh, what BLG was saying there, it is really cool to be, uh, you know, because I'm at WIP as we're recording this and also as we're, we're shooting this thing live. It is so awesome that the phone lines uh, light up, and we're going to be on Saturday from 4 to 6 this week. Uh, they light up from all over the place. L.A., New Mexico, Virginia, uh, Liverpool, Liverpool, for Christ's sake. Liverpool! Which is, which is really an amazing thing, so we want to really uh, thank you guys for all of that. Uh, that's going to do it uh, for us. We will be live, live, live right here. Final whistle after the Bills and Eagles are over tomorrow night. Very exciting to have Eagles football back Get a, to get a look at uh, some of these rookies and Derek Barnett, I hope you get some snaps with the ones, my man, because I am ready to rock and roll and take my pants off and, you know, take off the shirt and, and just whip it around my head. I'm ready to rock and roll. Thank you to oh. our sponsors as well, Clip It and uh, tpublic.com. We appreciate the patronage, and we will see you next time. I'm John Barchard for James Seltzer for Brandon Lee Gowden. This has been BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com.